You're listening to the After The Show podcast, the weekly movie review show from your friends at ascully.com. So, Sid Talk, we were just um, playing with uh, Windows Networking, and uh, what's your review of Windows 8? I don't know. Mixed bag. I don't find it useful for me, but it looks nice. You did try it for a couple of weeks, and then... I don't think there's anything wrong with it at all. I think everybody bitching about it. It's just not... I can't deal with it myself. I think there is a lot of things wrong with it. There isn't. There's two things you don't like that I've heard you talk about multiple times, which is no start menu, no search. Now, if you put those back on your desktop... The third thing is some some programs that I rely on on a day-to-day basis don't even work. Right, but they're going to fix that stuff, so it's not like a permanent problem. Um, What I was told was the one one of the ones that does work, you have to buy the new version of. I don't want the new version. I like the old one. Told by whom? The people who make it. The Windows? Or the program? The program. Right. It, yeah, the program that I use, they said, you'll have to buy the 5.0 version. I don't want to buy it again. So I, I'll use Windows 7. We can't use... blame Windows 8 for that, though. That's their their problem. Well, I've never known an operating system that comes along that uh, doesn't allow you to use programs that you already owned that well, worked on Windows. a lot Windows. of them do work. It's just that those developers decided that you have to buy a new version instead of giving you an update. And if they all decide that, that'd be great. You'd have to also buy all your new programs. But they're not all going to. That's where those big rumory things um, get going. Photoshop doesn't work in Windows 8 at the moment, which is interesting, because Windows 8 is now available to... But again... Probably went probably those people's choice. Not Windows. I dislike it intensely. I dislike the interface. I dislike. But you're making it sound like it's you still have your desktop. It's just that when you have to switch over to that other glossy looking thing, Metro. That you have to get to other things. I don't like it. I don't want it. It's a bit fiddly. When I'm playing a game, I don't want that Metro crap running in the background of of my game, which it will be. There's no need for that. What does it do? Takes up loads of resources. It's going to. There's no doubt about it. Loads or what do you mean? Like it impacts your game? Where yeah, it would impact your game. It How so? Uh, the frame rate of your game will be lower because there's more background processes going on. And there's loads of background processes going on in Windows 8. And they didn't think of that? Apparently not. Because they want you to have that big interface up. At all times. You can't close that big interface. It's never not there. It's you just, can. You don't have to look at it all the time. You don't have to look at it, but it's still running. Look in the task right. manager. That's what I'm saying. It's using, I think it was using a gigabyte of RAM, the actual thing. Now, that's fine. I've got eight gigabytes of RAM in my computer. But still, that's a gigabyte of RAM that a game might need. Games do use eight gigabytes of RAM. Right, but I'm going to say, I'm going to go on a limb here and say factually, not the majority of people who use computers are gamers. It's just a market in the world. So So please, uh, the people who make Steam... Make an operating system that's just for gaming. Call it Steam OS and let us run that instead of Windows. That'd be great. Thank you. But you loved Windows. You're turning on them. I do love Windows 7. I will go on record as saying Windows 7 is great. Windows 8, not so much. Hmm. But they're going to force me to use Windows 8. I know it. I don't know. It all just sounds like nitpicky to me. I no. didn't like it. You told me because... to take it off your computer. Right. Two things. It kept my laptop hotter than normal. And there was no doubt about it. This would be fanning right now if I had it on. The fan will be going every five to seven minutes, regardless of what I'm doing. Because it's heavy on the graphics card, right. which that, is crappy. But that doesn't... I'm not complaining about the operating system. 
Well, that's what was that doing it. As a, right, but I don't. I'm not dogging Windows it because Seven ain't of it. doing it, right? Then, if I wanted to, I'd buy a new laptop. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I can't complain about a nice piece of software just because it doesn't suit every single need that I have. Uh, I don't think it's a nice piece of software. And it doesn't software. crash all the time. I don't think it's a time. nice piece of software. I think it's this higgledy-piggledy mess. I don't like it. Um, higgledy-piggledy mess. Yeah, it feels like, definitely feels like two things crammed together. Um, it's ugly looking. I don't like how it looks. I don't like... Oh, the, I disagree. No, I don't like it at all. I mean, that touchscreen thing that's supposed to be like for touchscreens, it looks fine. It's just like a... It's really boring. Big buttons. Yeah, but it's not ugly. It's just plain. Um, it what can do you want? Be, it can be ugly. I've seen, you know, some of the themes that are applied to it are very ugly. Oh, there you go. Then it could be a lovely as well if somebody made a nice theme. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not pro Windows 8. Um, I probably will buy it for this thirty nine ninety nine jobby, what they're going to sell it for. But I don't think I'll install it. I think I'll just buy it. Okay. And keep it. Um, it's getting really bad press. Um, people are hating on it. Um that's what I think. It sounds like people poison the water. And when you pick out the things no, you actually I don't. don't... Think I, would, I would agree with you on that. But I've tried it for myself. And I've been a long-time Windows user. And um, I like change. I, I've always wanted them to change the desktop somehow. But actually not like that. Like, change, like make it look different. Which they haven't really, have they? They've made... Right. So as long as they do exactly what you want, then it'll be fine. Correct. Right. But just making a point. <laughs> I didn't want them to make a mobile phone interface when I press my start menu, which is essentially what they've done. I don't get it. I, it's fine for a tablet. Well, there should be a tablet version of Windows 8 and then a desktop version. I don't think they should have done the two things on the desktop. And another complaint, when you said, well, it might be cool if you've got two monitors, and I have got two monitors, and I was reading the review on Paul Thorot's page, and he's Mr. Windows Evangelist, and he said he hates Windows 8 with two monitors because, you know, you have to hover in the corners to get mm-hmm. things to show up. Well, it's like this fiddly shit, like, where you've got to hover. And if you uh, go over, you go into this monitor yeah. <laughs> and then you're not hovering. And he says it's a pain in the ass and they need to change it because it's fiddly. Yeah, because a lot of people work with two monitors these days. He said it's delicate. You've got to be really delicate for it to happen properly to get in the middle exactly so the thing pops out. Otherwise, you're off onto the other monitor, and then you get. And what they started that just a couple, a couple of windows ago with the corner shit. Like it doesn't. Yeah, with the one in the bottom corner. Yeah, I don't it? need that. Doesn't necessary. So that to me, but I don't. It doesn't make it all bad. It's just a thing that they will fix. Like no, they won't fix because there's nothing wrong with it. That's what I've said to you. This, I disagree. It's how it's supposed to be. If they get the feedback from enough people, no, they they've won't never took it. feedback. They've never took feedback in the. In fact, any shipping operating system from Microsoft has never had changes made to it. It has patches, yeah. but it doesn't have changes, physical changes. They never said, oh, Windows ME is crap, let's just change all that stuff that was wrong. No, they wait till the next operating mm-hmm. system and then fix it. So you don't get fixes within an operating system. They don't change features. All they do is fix things behind the scenes. You'll never get a feature change because they never have done that because they save that for the next operating system. So you buy it. You buy the new feature. So this is what Windows 8 is and this is what you'll be using for the next three years, which is when the next 9 comes out in three years. So like it or lump it, basically. You either stay with 7 or you go to 8 and, and dislike it for three years. Not everyone will dislike it. They won't. If they've got a tablet, I'm sure they'll be Not everyone fine. with the PC will dislike it either. 
Some um, people will love it. Some people will only use that interface because they only do the basics. Like, you and I don't do just the basics. There are going to be some people who see that interface and be like, finally, a computer I can use. I mean, this is awesome. So I don't think you and all these other people look at it from that point of view. I think that a lot of people will love it because it's basic. It's big chunks. Here's your pictures, here's your videos, here's your this, here's your that. Here's where you can go check out your travel costs. Here's where you can go shopping. Here's where you can go look at pictures. There's, you Makes know. no sense to me. The Enterprise Edition of it is exactly it. It shouldn't be. I would use the Enterprise Edition in a flash if it didn't have all that crap in it. But the, the Enterprise? Like the, the one for businesses. Right. The one for businesses even includes that. Not as a side thing. It boots to that. It's a thing. That is what they'll see to. Sure. Um... Which is unfortunate because I thought, well, I don't really like Windows 8, but maybe the Enterprise Edition will be for me because it'll be more aimed at professionals or, you know, not home users. Right, but what you're, what you're missing out and either you don't realize it or you don't aren't taking into consideration, millions of people sit down at a computer at their job and they don't like computers and they don't like the start button and they don't like but the But now they've got to learn something else. They, no, that's the most ba- that's the most wonderful thing you could offer them. A screen where probably some admin in the office sets up all their icons for them, goes in and does a group thing, and this is what your what your metro is going to look like for everybody in the office, all 500 people. You've got your this, 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 and this. You click it, and that's it. And you're there. You don't have to fiddle with anything. I think people will love it. It's just people who go a little bit deeper, like you and I, it doesn't... It fits all your needs, except for programs not opening. It's just that aesthetically and with the little things like you like the search and you like the start button you know what I mean I felt going to the big interface and then searching yeah I hated that was way too many steps considering I used to um, Mm -hmm. start searching in the start menu and it showed me it in the start menu so going to this thing and then going to the so do you think they're obligated to please every single person um, I think they're obli- I think they're obligated if they want to keep customers who are well, hap- a lot of people were happy with Windows 7 it got um, then you don't have to get Windows 8 Windows 7 got fantastic well yes you do because uh, like I've said to you there'll be some games that only run on Windows 8 there'll be some programs that are Windows 8 exclusive they'll be they'll force you into Windows 8 eventually and that's why I was saying to you There'll be games that only run on Windows 8, definitely. You know, oh, if you want to play this game, it's Windows 8 only. They did that with Windows 7. That's going to happen. Um, I don't know. It's a weird, messy thing. Um, there's a lot to learn. I think even a basic user, like you say, they'll come to that thing and it'll be nice and basic and they'll use it. But then they'll be saying to themselves, so how do I do that other thing I used to do on my other computer now? Where's the... Add remove programs. Oh, no, no, no. Basic users don't do that at all. You are mistaken. Or something. Where, where, where do I go to... Um... Here's what basic users do. Email, internet, solitaire. That's a basic user, and that's millions of people. Right, but why would you aim at that market? Because it's millions and millions yeah, but, of people. Yeah, but there's also millions in and fact, millions of people. In fact, it also draws people in who maybe never bought a computer before, and now they look at their look at that, and grandma says, or mom says... Well, that's so much easier. There's millions of people who use a, a computer professionally also. Yeah, no, and lots of professionals don't do what you... They like it basic. There's lots of professionals who use a computer in a professional manner. They do in editing, graphic editing. Sure. They're making movies on it. They're 
And it's in movies. Those aren't the majority of people, though. No, but that's a lot of people who also need to to use the computer. I mean, the majority of people are office people who have those three basic needs and maybe a program or two that they have to open. And unfortunately for those office people, those IT departments have to upgrade all the computers for it. All the time, yeah. Yeah. Well, nah, not always. They need a better video card (laughs) in this instance. Because that was why your laptop was struggling, because the video card was behind a little bit. So... Now, with all them guys, they all have to get new video cards. Anyway, we spent 10 minutes on Windows <laughs> Talk. Uh, Windows 8 is out. It's out now if you're an um, MSDN member. You can go and get it now. Um, $199, I believe. Uh, Why would you have to pay so much for it? You get five licenses for that, so you can stick it on five computers. It's a pretty good deal, MSDN. I always liked it. It's like um, a subscription service from Microsoft. You annually... You pay, oh, okay. and then you, whatever the current thing is, you get five licenses of it. You get five offices, five, and it's like a like a bag and pack kind of because one ninety nine for five copies of Windows is actually a good deal. Not just Windows, you're saying you get all of Office. Yeah, all all the things, PowerPoint. Uh, right. You know, you, you can just download them straight from their website, burn them. They give you keys. It's a good deal if you use a lot of Microsoft software. And if you are a member of that, you can have the final version of Windows 8 now. For everybody else, retail, I think it's in um, September. Um, But you'll be able to get it from Amazon or wherever then. Or with a new PC. But if you do try it and you don't like it, you have to reformat. You do. And there's a 90-day... You know, you was using the consumer preview. Now there's a new version, which is the final version. But it's only a 90-day preview. Mm. But it cannot be upgraded to a full version. You have to reformat. So you can try it for 90 days for free. Just go to But Mac. no matter what, you have to reformat. Windows8.com. Or just run it in a virtual machine or dual boot it. You know what I mean? <laughs> you do know most people don't do that stuff, right? Yeah, but there are a lot of people who can. There are a lot, and, it, but- and it actually talks you through it in the wizard. It will say, do you want to uh, run this as dual boot so you don't mess up your computer? And you can say yes. And then when it does expire, you can delete it and just use your old computer. You right. can do that with the new one. All right, so uh, that's uh, Windows Talk for this week, Windows Weekly. And what is this show we're doing exactly? So it's Saturday, August the 18th, 2012. This is after the show number 237. If you thought it was a computer tech talk (laughs) show, it is not. It's an actual movie review show. And uh, this week we're going to be reviewing the Blu-ray movie, Battleship. It's a 2012 movie. It's released on the 28th of August, 2012. This is an early look. We got it a little bit early. It's a PG-13 movie. The tagline is, The Battle for Earth Begins at Sea. And it's from our friends at Universal, and you're going to give us a synopsis of this movie, Battleship. The Battle for Earth Begins at Sea. <laughs> that is my synopsis, which I didn't even know. But I would say uh, that's it. It's uh, Navy ships have gone out. For, like, maneuvering, you know, military camp kind of thing. And, uh, the spoiler alert, I guess, but it's on the box. But an alien invasion begins and everyone has to deal with it from the battleship perspective. Yeah. So, battleship. Um, First, I'm going to say what I thought was going to be stupid and boring. And you said, I said to you this morning, uh, I'm really excited to see Battleship. Looks looks really I fun. I said it looks generic and, you and said, boring. And you said, I've seen the trailer, and it looked generic and boring. And I walked away kind of scratching my head thinking, that doesn't look generic and boring. It looks really fun. Like that. I, I just thought it looked ugh, like the, like glossy and stupid and blah. And then I was completely wrong. Uh, so, <clears throat> first, first off, what I am... Um, but think about it. Um, and I've 
I just went and looked what people thought of this movie in general, right? On IMDb. You know, it's rating and stuff. People dislike this movie. Mm-hmm. Say it's got poor acting, poor special effects, poor story. Uh, it's wrong on all those counts, yes. to be honest. Um, I've, I've said this a couple of weeks ago. I don't know what people want anymore. You can't seem to please anybody. Like, the, the, the they all speak up. They follow this band of let's hate on things on the internet. Right. I'm just referring back to our conversation we just had. Right, but that, I'm not following anything. I'm just going off my own. Say, right. Off my own. Um, I, I don't not listen to anybody else. I'm going off me using it for a bit. But right, right. anyway, this movie, um, it's it's hated on. Like it's just stupid. You have to be an idiot to watch it. It's that kind of movie. It's not that kind of movie at all. It's a check your brain at the door. Mm-hmm. It's aliens from outer space. Remember, aliens from outer space coming to take over the Earth. It's not real life. <laughs> it's fun. It's peril. It's adventure. It's that kind of movie. It's. I love Armageddon. I yes. love Armageddon. So when you say that, you a bunch of people just went, oh, well, that's right. Blended. And the reason I love Armageddon, I think, is an excellent movie. Is it is silly, over the top, can't take it seriously. Its science is makes no sense. And yet it it, ra- yeah, it rouses something in you. Yeah, yeah. You feel like you want these people to... The the character development's good enough that you feel, I don't want to lose these characters, you know? This is the same thing. It's, it's, I felt, actually felt, in the first 20, 25 minutes, because it opens kind of on a comedic yep. kind of note. I actually was in my mind thinking... Michael Bay has to have something to do with this. <laughs> Either that or Peter Berg's been watching a lot of Michael Bay movies. Because yep. he, the slow motion, the the charming music, the rousing thing. a young man thing. and a young lady and the father's an authority figure and you've got the brother and you've got like... Kind you of know what it felt like to me? The and... beginning of Con Air. Mm-hmm. Like that, I, I had flashbacks to Con Air and then I was thinking, no, Armageddon. No. It's yeah, like, I remember the beginning of Armageddon with the shotgun on the oil rig. and It almost feels like Peter Berg, like, studied Michael Bay and said I want to make something I like Michael Bay shit I dig it I like big I like rousing I like pulling at people's heartstrings mm-hmm. in the most obvious way we need a hot chick yeah and a funny handsome dude yeah. who's having some trouble in his life maybe needs to and then power boot one. up the butt we need an authority figure who's just uncompromising but seen it all we need yeah a huge amount of peril that somebody somewhere is going to have to die or this is Arma- this it. is actually Armageddon's script absolutely I thought suit. it the whole time through yeah I did too and I just kept thinking it just kept I was like wow this really is Armageddon but that doesn't it, hurt it. That doesn't. Me. No, that's not saying this is like a direct ripoff of something. But it, it even you know the shots of the debris falling mm-hmm, down and hitting things. I was like, wow, that that's an Armageddon shot for shot almost. It's it's a this is an homage to Armageddon. This is something, but this is a new take on it because we haven't seen alien alien invasion movie with the emphasis on naval warfare at all. I don't believe we have. Mm-mm. So it's a completely new spin. Now this. This movie is based on the board game Battleship. Now, very not li- based on it, but it has an it, element it, of it. Well, it, this movie's Hasbro endorsed, and it's yeah. It uses, there's a portion of it that uses the concept of blind. I was going to say, but what I was going to say is, yeah, it uses the concept blind warfare, and it uses some of the the aliens shoot um, pegs. Which, if you've played Battleship, you're familiar with the pegs that you poke into the holes. Um, so it does have 
But it's very loosely based mm-hmm. on the Battleship. I mean, so I don't think it's based on it at all. I think it's just taken. But the why? Concept. Why go? Why go to get the Hasbro license and the Battleship? Well, because in it, it, I'm saying the movie isn't based on it. It's just the concept of at some point, could you do battle when you cannot see your enemy? How would you? How would you accomplish like blowing them up? And there is a whole section of this movie and where... they the- refer to the Art of War, which is in it, it also says, go where your enemy is not. Yep. So, and even though it's not related, it's still a concept... Of Battleship. I mean, you win Battleship if you follow that rule. Plus role. Hasbro has a lot of money. Yeah. If you follow <laughs> that, what you just said, in the game of Battleship, you'll win. Um, the other thing is, the game of Battleship, you know, there's some obvious nods to it, like the blind thing. Mm-hmm. Um... I was looking for Battleship stuff, because I'm sure there's more than I saw, because Hasbro involved, right? So there's going to be stuff. Um, I also felt nods to Transformers in, in this movie. Oh, yeah. The yeah. opening up all the I felt like homages stuff. to all these other things, but it's its own thing, because they, they're, it's very unique, the aliens. I'm not sure if it's homage or it's cashing in, because you say to people, that was really successful in that movie. Let's copy it. So that, that I don't makes think it it's very homage. bad, then, doesn't it? If I don't you go, think it makes look it, it like bad. A, I mean, it is a. I mean, it makes it like a just like a cookie cutter thing. It's a it's a money making movie, just like you said. You check your brain at the door. Therefore, they had to put together the formula of what will make people keep buying tickets and buy the DVD for it. So you pick out all the things from other movies that make that make it uh, memorable, and you know. It's actually really fun. That's yeah. that's all I could say about it. It's, it's fun, fun. But tragic. I mean, there's <laughs> yeah, there's really it's it does all the things Armageddon does. It makes you feel all those things. Yeah. It makes you feel oh my god, this is actually world scale destruction going on here, and you know, it's we're doomed. There's no way yeah. we're doomed. But then you know, events occur and. Yeah, that's why I think people probably fall off the bandwagon of anything good because they're going to go, oh, they just happen to be on that mountain at that exact moment. The thing that and I. That guy just happens to be there and happens to be that time of guy. Well, I just know it's that kind of movie. But the thing that kind of I went, oh, was <laughs> the uh, John Carter of Mars guy, Taylor Kirsch, whatever he's called. Taylor K- Kitsch. Him. There's a, a cataclysmic event involving him. and s- Yeah. And then all of a sudden he is the commander of mm-hmm. the whole thing. When he's not actually... Well, we don't know how long he's, he's been in the Navy at least. Yeah, but he was under be. orders of like he was going to get Plus, kicked out also of the Navy. he's also very intelligent. He also has read The Art of War. He's also very good at literature. He's intel- I didn't buy any of that. Well, we've es- well that's what they're establishing. No, I mean, here. I didn't... I was like, Really? This, this Plus, better, he's not ready. Any, he there's do, he better people on this ship. Or, he doesn't claim to be ready. And he doesn't even end up being the captain. No. So, take, I think that made sense. That's the part where I was just like, that is kind of, I don't like that. It just seems a bit too convenient. But, I mean, he wasn't ready. Because he, he has to be the hero, so like, let's put him full up into the hero position all of a sudden. So, what would you do different, then? I don't know. I wouldn't have done that, though. What? Put him into the hero position. Um, not being prepared for it at all. Like there was way better people on that ship than him. I know, but they get, they said they had to defer to him, and they, they were did. also willing to do their own thing because they 
admonished him. One, and guy, when, grabbed and he, him. <laughs> One guy grabbed him and made him make a different decision. They did. So he didn't... I don't... I disagree. Because I think, yes, it cut there a little quick. But then you just have to roll back in your mind. That's why I did roll back in It's obviously go, been yeah, is, at least a year or more since we first met him. So he's had that time to get his training done and to be in a position where he's even yeah, on a boat. Minutes before, ship, he was ship. being told he was being kicked out of the Navy. Right, that's just because of his behavior. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's not because of his abilities. No. So his abilities are really good. It's just his behavior, getting in fights and shit like that. I don't know. I guess guess I'm wrong. I don't know. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying that... It seemed a bit silly to me. That's the only thing I had a problem with, though. I mean, most of it was silly. Don't get me wrong. Exactly. I'm not sure what you're comparing it to. I also didn't like the... If I didn't like things, I didn't like the subplot on the... With the scientist and the woman and the uh, bionic leg dude. It's not really a subplot, is it? They're part of solving the problem. Well, I think it's a subplot to the naval warfare. It's off onto the... uh, Yeah, but it is... Yeah, it's a subplot. No. There's no other thing. They're they're headed to the same uh, resolution. Um, It's a... It is a subplot. It's a, it's it's something that's re- that's going on to the side. You don't see it as much. You just see it occasionally. It's the well, maybe o- I just don't know the definition of subplot then. Right. Well, that subplot was something that was actually separate from the end. Like no, the, no, not separate. I mean, you have character Running development going or, different. Yeah. All right then. Whatever it is, it's a, there's this other story going off to the side with these three other characters who don't cross paths with the other characters. It's just this separate thing. Um. It was a bit too cheeky. I didn't believe in the girl very much. The girl was yeah. a bit... She was the worst thing in the thing for me. Um, they didn't wh- give her much to hang on to, though. So that... what You know what I mean? They didn't give her much we to... We didn't get much backstory to her, no. apart from she was the general's daughter. And you don't care if she gets blown up. I didn't care if she got blown up or killed or anything, so... So that... All that part there, and I know it mattered because the conclusion mm-hmm. involved it I was just kind of a little bit bored when it was doing that part I wasn't bored because I was thinking also they're trying to tell a story about a soldier who has lost his legs and uh, the value that you have as a person that has nothing to do with your legs was that That's a real, I, ga- real was that CG legs or I don't think so it didn't look like it to me yeah, they didn't it was an amputee that. soldier who was yeah. part of this Side thing. And needing um. to find his self-worth again, which yeah. I like that side story. Then you've got the veterans, who also is another thing where you're making a nod to everyone needs to be here to save us, not just the hero guy. Yeah, I like that. Because they showcased... And they're very respectful to the veterans, mm-hmm. even though it's, this is a crazy over-the-top movie. Even when there was just a scene at the beginning where they were on the ship and, mm-hmm. and the veterans were all sat there and they were doing a... What was it? Training day or training week or something, right? Yeah. Well, like... The Olympics of yeah, right. or whatever. Like, let's show what we can do with our navy. This is like a, a like an expo for the navy, right? Right. And uh, they said, like, you know, you were the reason we're all here, and like, point towards the veterans. And then eventually in the movie, the veterans become an important part of the movie, which I really liked. And that was like really Michael Bayish that part with sure. the ACDC music yep. and the old geezers all doing the work. Like, I did. I, I did really like how it was put together, but I kept thinking if I didn't know better I'd think this was Michael Bay it's it's a massive summer blockbuster movie in that exact style like that but maybe why people didn't like it because maybe because they hate Michael it's Bay pandering a bit but people uh, diss Michael Bay even though Transformers is crazy 
You remember the Transformers movies, another Hasbro property, are the biggest money-making movies around. All I ever hear is Michael Bay is a lot of shit. He spoiled the Transformers, but no, like it's Michael. Everything Michael Bay does, people watch, right? But I always hear Michael Bay. I hate him. I won't watch anything else. So maybe this got struck with that. People were like, "Well, this is kind of a dumb Michael Bay movie." But it has nothing to do with it. Absolutely nothing to do with it. And it is a um, that kind of movie. If you hate that kind of movie, the Michael Bay extravaganza, or the um, you know, Day After Tomorrow, I like uh, 2012, tomorrow. all that kind of stuff. Twister. If you hate that kind of movie, you'll hate this, because that's what it is. That's plain yep. and simple is what it is. You lay down some characters, and you're supposed to be endeared to some of them, and maybe one or two of them are annoying enough that they're disposable, or that they can turn around and become the hero. And you have a little bit of a romance or love story. You have an, an, a formidable foe that is almost unbeatable and you have to shackle together your resources to overcome it i mean it's a formula yeah and it's you're not just pay, it's, you're just taking that on, on a board and you're plugging in this yeah. story instead in of fact, that story I could, if i was to compare it to a film we watched last year called battle los angeles this mm-hmm. is the naval version of that movie that's another movie that's a cocky cutters type aliens are coming yep. in battle los angeles aliens are coming but our hook is it's from the position of a ground troop, just one platoon following them. With some people. Right, so that was their hook. This is, we're following this naval vessels, or this na- this naval vessel. I, I, I think we get one every year, don't we? Every couple of years. 2012, mm-hmm. the year before. Yeah. Day after tomorrow. Oh, 2012. Oh, God. 2012 was a bad example. It was a very bad example. Because I love these kind of movies. In 2012, I was rolling my eyes the entire time. Oh, my God. Times. It was actually bad. Like, bad. And that's Bad special it. effects, bad story, bad conclusion, poor character development, um, really bad dialogue. All of it. I mean, there was no redeemable thing there. Except the concept of the world falling apart is fantastic. And again, I had... I want to see it. I want to see the world falling apart. We all do. And then... But the human response to it needs to be something that wasn't in 2012. Skyline. I like Skyline. Yeah, I like Skyline because it added... In fact, it's one of my recommendations. Because it added a different ending. I like Skyline just because I... It's not great, but for what they it's, got it's out of it... It's actually bad Skyline. It's got really poor, piss-poor acting. Some of and it. that's a problem. Not all of it, but some of it. There's some really, like, television... Worse than a soap opera. Mm. Worse I would than insult a, TV acting. Worse than an American say. soap opera, where I've seen bad acting. I think of it more like um, young actors who have no experience and... No, not even from a young actor. ...affected negatively by certain bad habits. Now, I'm actually poking my finger at the guy from Dexter in that movie. He's horrible. Which one was he? The guy from Dexter. I know, which one? Vigado, or whatever he's called. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was yeah. horrible in that movie. And he's not a young guy, and he was terrible in it. it was but like he also he was... had really bad lines. Yeah. Like, you have to give something to, you know... But yeah, this movie does not suffer from that. It you has... can almost be just as good as what you're given. Yeah, this movie doesn't suffer from that. They actually, everybody's fine acting, to be honest. I think so. Um, so, let's in move fact, on to the cast In fact, there are moments of, like, here, really uh, goodness. Yeah. Few and far between, but yeah, a little bit. It's it's serviceable in my opinion. It's not 
Oscar worthy. It's not. It's it's just serviceable acting. It's it's. Oh, not... I think it's better than serviceable at times. Yeah. Yeah, I never got that. But anyway, I, it was not below standard in any way. No, no. I mean, we'll go into the cast. Liam Neeson just does his Liam Neeson thing as the admiral. It's not in it much. No. Um, Taylor Kitsch, who we saw last in John Carter. Um, I didn't realize that who he was. That's who he was. Yeah. In fact, at the beginning, where he's got the long hair, I was about to say to you, this must have been when he was filming John Carter because he's got the same haircut. Because he I had didn't long hair. I didn't recognize him at all. <laughs> I didn't even think I'd ever seen him before. <laughs> you have, as John Carter. Um, That's funny. But anyway, he is the hero of this movie, pretty much. Um, so I disagree with that too. I think that right. that's a very even thing. How's he not the hero? I'm not saying he's not the hero. I'm saying that the the way they divvy it up, he's not on the screen most of the time. He's on the screen more maybe than other people, but everybody has a hand in it. You know, he's not like at, he's not he's not um, Ben at the end of Armageddon. He's not that kind of a star of the movie to me. Right. And then Alexander Skarsgård is Stone Hopper, and you'll know him as uh, Eric from True Blood. Um, if you watch True Blood, I don't like him in True Blood. To be to be honest, I liked him in this a lot. I didn't like him in this either. Oh, I thought he was really good. Way better comparatively. But I don't like him in either. And I like True Blood. And I, the funny thing about True Blood with me is like a love hate thing because I like it, but I almost hate everybody in it. No, like, I think he was really good in this. He had like an intensity. I totally believed the brother relationship. And it wasn't too goofy, but it was like, he's the settled and responsible brother, and then John Carter is the crappy, irresponsible, but very intelligent, and they keep saying you're not living up to your potential. I think he did. I like, he was one of my favorite dynamics of the I movie. I want to see him in something, but then again, maybe I don't. I was going to say I want to see him in some serious drama, but... I probably don't, because I don't feel like he... You want to see him in something like Station Agent, or something where he can just is in a quiet position, but be really good and intense, but not a drama where it's like English patient or something, you know what I mean? Like Because obviously in True Blood, indie. it's just super over the top all the time, isn't yeah. it? And he's like... He only has to be one note all yeah, the time. Yeah, all the time. Like, he's, he's cool and he's going to eat you. That's it, like... See, in this one, I think he did a good job. I was impressed. And then Rihanna, uh, pop star Rihanna, as Cora Rakes. Now... You said you liked her in it. Mm-hmm. Um, majority of people really dislike her in, in this. I think that there are moments when you think, oh, please don't try to make her that tough, mouthy chick. Like, However, don't try and make her Michelle it. Rodriguez. Mm, I didn't get that vibe at all because she wasn't tough like that. But she was more of the kind of a step down from the woman from Aliens, you know, but not now, quite there. But I really thought she did a really good job. The problem I had with it, it might be a good thing, though is they gave her very few lines to do. Mm-hmm. She's mostly just looking or reacting. Taking orders. She's a good soldier. Like So may- maybe she's not great. I mean, she doesn't- how many lines does she say in the whole movie? Not many. Oh, I think... Uh-huh. She's like, I just it's remember one- it different. She day. does a lot of one-liners or like funny jibes at people. And- in the beginning, but then she responds to people and does what she's told because she's a... She's just an ensign. Well, she was fine because she didn't do a lot for me. She's like- a seaman on the boat, so she just has to do what she's told. And then finally, I'd put down Brooklyn Decker as Samantha Shane. She um, plays the general's daughter. She's the side thing. Um, neutral. <laughs> yeah, really neutral. She's in a few. She's been in a few movies recently. Um, yeah, she's d- doesn't do anything for me to be honest. Nope. It's, she's very. She's, she's obviously a pretty face, right? But her acting 
it's real vanilla. It's just mm-hmm. okay. It's a it's a blonde chick, and she's. But when you're beautiful, it's enough, apparently. So this is directed by Peter Berg, and last week I said it was Peter Weir, and it wasn't <laughs> Peter Weir, and I knew it wasn't Peter Weir. I was just confused. Peter Berg, um, you'll know him from Chicago but, Hope. Yeah, you'll know him because he was an actor in Chicago Hope, but he also. Um, did his directed movies, uh, including Very Bad Things, which is an awesome movie that you should He was see. also in that, wasn't he? No. Huh. He was the director of that. Christian Slater was in it. And John Favreau. Um, but Very Bad Things he directed a long time ago. He also directed Friday Night Lights, which I don't like American football at all, but I liked that movie. Um, and he also was in the TV show Friday Night Lights for, for a while. And he directed Hancock just recently. He's doing Hancock 2 next. Which you do not like. I'm ba- I didn't like Hancock. <laughs> I kind of liked the premise of it, but then it kind of goes to shit towards the end. I just didn't... It never sat with me right. Like, it didn't... Like, the, the, the like epic, I enjoyed the first half and then not the yeah, second. The epic nature of their relationship was supposed to be like... <gasps> yeah, like a big surprise. really Yeah, but it lame. wasn't. Yeah, it was supposed to be one of those movies where it gets to the halfway mark and then they drop this bombshell on you. And then you go, and then you get really into it. But when when they dropped the bombshell, I wasn't into it anymore. That was the thing. But when you think about it, there's a lot of the same dynamics. Yeah. In a different way. Yeah, there really is. Yeah, it's that kind of light-hearted, but then peril thing. So, Peterberg also, you know, we all know him. You see his face, you'll probably have seen him somewhere. Um, I think he does a really good job. And he's another director where I said to you, like Peter Jackson... You go from making some movies, some little movies and stuff, and then you're making this, like a $200 million movie. Where does well, that... How does that happen? Probably that one cost a lot, too, with Will Smith. Yeah, Hancock did. That, yeah. That's what I was referring to. Oh, right. It was a $200 right. million dollar movie. It's like a huge movie, Hancock. But well, he's been around Hollywood a long time. Yeah, and now he's, now he's making some of blockbusters like Michael Bay or a Peter Jackson or, a, you know... Um, we must make money. That's all that matters. He looks very. We see the extras with him on. He's very dynamic. He seems like a. He knows how to get the people to do mm-hmm. what he wants them to do. Um, he knows how to make them eat right, according to the. But yeah, um, Peterberg. Um, look him up on IMDb. You'll know who he is. Yeah. Um, so the um, Blu-ray extras here, and this is a fantastic Blu-ray. If you ever want to, ta- if you ever want to show off your surround sound, mm-hmm. this Great. is it because. Stuff blows up. <laughs> Everywhere. All the time. Almost, once it starts, almost all the time something is blowing up. And it has up. to travel from all kinds of directions and yeah. all kinds of ways around you to blow yeah, up. Yeah, it's, it's, and it's unusual blowing up. It's not what you... It's not mm-hmm. just ships firing at each other. It's weird alien blowing up. And yeah, amazing sound and picture. It's a good Blu-ray. Um, there it says on the back, explosively fun. Correct. Who that is that? correct. It's a I quote. Think. Who said that? Genius quote. <laughs> um, MSN movies. Right. That guy. Generic. Yeah. So, um, extras. When are on. we going to get on a box? I don't know. I, I have been on a video card box. And I used to... <laughs> like 10 years ago. Little no, Yeah, but still. Little <laughs> known um, fact. I used to review uh, PC. Uh, people might not know that. Cause I've never discussed it. True. But I used to review... I used to have a website that reviewed PC stuff. And um, it was still com, but I reviewed PC stuff, and I reviewed PC stuff, cases, power supplies, video cards. I've still got the boxes downstairs. Uh, I was on several video card boxes, saying com 10 out of several. 10. Yeah, I've got 
at least four or f- five. Different six. companies? Yeah, XFX. Um, I well, don't know. Com- no, no. Uh, Antec, um, EVGA. But I'm on different boxes. Obviously, those products are not out there anymore. But Ace Gold, nice. 10 out of 10. Hmm. Suspicious. <laughs> I've got the boxes downstairs. I'll take a photo of them and suspicious. put them. Suspicious. But yeah, well, it's not suspicious because you've seen the boxes, right? No, it's suspicious that they existed and then you commented on them and they no longer exist. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, it was on video cards and stuff, which come and go, right? And then, then they're out of date, so they don't exist anymore. But yeah, I had my name on video card boxes and stuff, so it's pretty interesting. But never on a movie. But I never see anybody get the name on a movie that's not Harry Knowles or Roger Ebert. Roger Ebert. Yeah, I think you have to just be them two guys. Yeah, because if you said Sid Talk, yeah, they, they like, who? MSN News or whatever. Who, yeah, yeah that's not even a person, is it? <laughs> <laughs> so, w- wouldn't it be a bummer if you were the guy who wrote that for MSN News where you never got the credit? On would the you want to? Oh, that's pretty cool. I would like it. I would <laughs> Exclusively like to fun. That's what you want to be. He says, a big, bold blast and explosively fun. And that is true. It's a good quote. So, um, Blu-ray, ex- Blu-ray uh, features on this disc, and there are quite a few, and it's pretty good. Loaded disc. It's out it in is. a couple of weeks. Um, you get an alternate ending pre-visualization. It's um, not that much different. No. Nah. But it's pretty cool to see the previs. You liked it. It doesn't take you in a different conclusion. You get... Uh, all access with director Peter Berg. Now, what that is, is uh, maximum movie mode, essentially. Watch the movie again. Peter Berg will pop up. He'll tell you stuff. When you say maximum movie mode, people may not know what that means. That's from another company. So it's really just what it's called on there. Yeah, it's called... Obviously, Universal don't have a name for it because it's always something different. But it's all access with director Peter Berg. But, all access. Uh, I was trying to explain what it is. It's um, behind the scenes, picture in picture, storyboards, all that stuff. Watch the movie again, you get a different experience, a bit a making of. He pops of. up on the screen and talks you through things. Yes, yeah. and he does this cool thing where he swipes the, mm-hmm. uh, like, um, minority report. Like he's on a touch screen. Yeah. Um, so there's that. So really, that, nowadays it's just like the weatherman. They stand up there and yeah. swipe things around. And it's really cool because you get, instead of a commentary, you get to see Peter yeah. Berg and he talks over the top. So, um... You also get a bunch of featurettes. One of them's the USS Missouri VIP tour, which we watched in its full. It watched all of it, and it's really good. That was good. It's like um, shows you around the USS Missouri, and with the tour guide, and he gives you all the points, and they talk to um, veterans captains. and captains. Yeah, it's good. Um, Peterberg seems like he's so excited that he's on the ship. With it. Um, you also get a featurette called Commander Pete, which goes in depth of Peterberg on the set. Um, you learn quite a few things about him, including that he's a health fanatic. Yeah. And he uh, likes to tell people not to eat the donuts. <laughs> um, you also get preparing for battle, all hands on deck the cast, and engage in battle. Um, and you also get the visual effects of Battleship. And it's really loads of extras. You get a ultraviolet digital copy and a DVD and a Blu-ray. Everything. Um, I'd like a little more in-depth of how they developed the aliens specifically, not just sort of that rudimentary bit that we got. Yeah. I wanted a little bit more. It might might be explained more in the Peter Berg... um, Or in the sequel. ...talking through it thing. Yeah, stay tuned till after the end of the credits, because there is a... I think it's really obvious as you're watching the whole movie, actually. To me, it is, anyway. What? That this is... They're thinking ahead of themselves. Yeah, so stay tuned after the end of the credits, because there is a little... uh, Easter eggy. A little something, thing. something. 
Yeah, don't turn it off when the Is that an Easter down. egg when it's just right there? I don't know what they call it. It's got a specific name, <laughs> a Marvel movie. Well, they've done it for years, but the Marvel movies made it kind of a thing. Oh, Burt Reynolds movies did it. Yeah, they, used, they didn't do ago. it at the end. They did yeah. it in the credits. Sometimes at the very end. Really? Mm-hmm. No, I was reading wait, about it wait, the other wait. day, and they said that uh, Marvel popularized it. Because every Marvel movie has it, apart from Thor. Thor didn't have it, did it, at the end? Because we sat and waited, no, and we went, oh, it wasn't on the end. Nothing there. So, um, yeah, uh, it's a good Blu-ray. It's a good audio-visual, um, cool movie. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, I did. I think, it, I think it's... Um, I think a lot of people will read that it's a bad movie, unfortunately. And there's, like, bad scores on Rotten Tomatoes and all that. I disagree wholeheartedly. I just like this kind of movie. I like watching aliens come. I like aliens come and not be friendly with us. <laughs> I like that. You know what I mean? Like, because why? Why? You know. I also like aliens that come and are friendly with us, like E.T. <laughs> but it is cool. I mean, I think the first one I saw like that was like Independence Day, right? Where they made like a big... No, no, no. All the old alien movies, they were all hostile. No, I mean... The first one where it was like this huge, big, oh my god, they're going to just, like, ruin the planet completely. Um, no, because that would have been the day the Earth stood still from the 50s. I they were going to destroy that, the whole... I'm saying it wasn't the first one. No, I'm saying the first one I saw. Oh, right, right. Like, where it, where they started putting it on the big screen and like, well, Independence Day, yeah, that was the one I saw. And that was by the makers of um, 2012 and stuff. They're making an Independence Day too with Will Smith. I don't know how that goes down, but they're going to do Well, that. they're coming back, aren't they? Why? Why? Because you blew up a whole bunch of them. They came here for a reason to begin with. Yeah. I mean, I, I can tell you the plot already. So, <laughs> well, the, that little element of it. So old man it. Smith's going to fight them. <laughs> like he's old. Yeah, he's a, bit, a lot older than he was in that. It's like, what, 20 but years he's ago? He's not old. Is it 20 years ago? I don't know. 15 years ago at least, right? Yeah, he'd be old man Smith. He's not... He's your age. He'll have to hand it down to his son, Jaden. He's not old. And then his son can fight them. How old do you think he is? He's not like 70. He's 40. I'd or say 45, he's 50, maybe. 55, maybe. He's not 55. No? How old were you when you were watching Jazzy J. Jeff and him on TV? You he were was, the same he age as him. He seemed a lot older than me, so I would have probably he's been... He's only a little bit older I'd have been about you. 11, and he would have been... It seemed like 20. I'm looking. 22. <laughs> uh... Well, yeah, I don't think he was 22 at that time. Do you reckon? Well, yeah, was I don't think he was the same. Show. I don't think he's the same age as me. I really don't. No, I said a little bit older than you. Oh. A little bit. All right, so... Um, yeah, if you want to enter a contest, you can go to... How old is he? Just guess. You think he's... Same age as me. He was born in 1968. So he's the same age as you. He's a little bit younger than me. One year younger than me, one year older than you. Well, by the time it's made, he will be old man, old man Smith, right? No, he'll never be any more old than you than a year. No, he will be old man Smith. When yeah. I'm 70, he'll be also be old man Smith. And that's when they're making that movie? I don't know when they're making it. <laughs> they're, they're just talking about it. So, um, so basically you're talking out your ass. <laughs> so if you want to win something, I've got a really good contest going on on aschoolie.com at the moment. If you're a fan of the director David Cronenberg, and who isn't? He's an amazing director. Um, name some of Cronenberg's movies that are awesome. I don't Sid know. Talk? I don't know. You do know. David Cronenberg. Um, you like David Cronenberg. One of the crashes? 
Yes, the crash where you where they fuck the leg. Somebody fucks a leg. <laughs> okay, charming. A wound, leg wound. Charming. Yeah, that crash. Not the crash that you're all familiar with. The other crash. Um, the fly. Uh, naked lunch. Okay. Many weird and wonderful movies that he's made over the years. Dead Ringers. Okay. I like that one. Um, well, I liked it at the time. I don't know now if I watched it. So he's doing a new movie at the moment that's just in theatres very soon, and it's called Cosmopolis. And I have a poster, the actual theatrical movie poster, signed by Mr. Cronenberg to give away. Cosmopolis or Cosmopolis? Cosmopolis? C O S M O P O. I don't know how you say it. I've never heard it said. So right, right. I'm just, however, if you said it right. Well, like Metropolis is Metropolis. So right. Cosmopolis, maybe it would be. Cosmopolis, maybe. Anyway, Cosmopolis, Cos- Cosmopolis, whatever. <laughs> potato, potato. Um, the movie uh, is coming, it's in theatres. You can get a theatrical poster signed by David Cronenberg, and it's not, and it's not like a printed-on shitty signature. It's actually signed by David Cronenberg. Um, so just go to aceclear.com. There's a contest. There's a little simple question. Enter your email. I'll put you in the pot to win. Um, next week's Blu-ray review will be probably the biggest Blu-ray release of the entire year, and it's The Hunger Games. So we will be looking at that next week. I think The Jaws is bigger than that to me. Uh, I would say sales-wise, this will be the biggest movie of the year. It was the biggest theatrical movie of the year so far. I think important-wise, Jaws was more important. Yeah, well, Hunger Games I'm very excited for because I did read the trilogy of books. You did. And I'm interested to see how it is portrayed on film. So I'm excited for that. So that's next week's review. Um, What's the movie game we play at this section of the podcast? It is called Movie Memory... One, two, three, or uno, dos, tres. And it is where one of us says to the other, name three movies that have... Da-da-da. And you have to just think of three movies from your mind that have that thing. And this week it's very simple. We've already slightly discussed it, but three movies that have well-intended or non-violent aliens coming to Earth. And you can't use the ones I recommended. Non- well, the one of... One. Non-violent. E.T. Very good. Coneheads. Oh, yes. I forgot about Coneheads. And non... You know, well-intended, not, not not like come to kill us all. I was going to say Mars Attacks, but they're not good, are they? <laughs> no. Um, they're pretty bad. Well-intended. Paul. Paul is good, yeah. There you go, let's see. And one of my recommendations, which I'll say now, is Real Men, which also has well-intended aliens. Coneheads was the first one. (laughs) I was like, yeah, Coneheads. Are they not violent? No. They're not ever bad. I mean, though that family isn't, but isn't their goal. No. All right. I forget. It blocked out of my mind. Um, All right. So uh, that's the game for this week. Hopefully you, along at home, (laughs) came up with more than we did. Um, So my movie recommendation this week, because we always do one at this point in the show, is number one, this is based on Battleship, The Last Seduction. I always recommend this movie whenever I can because I think everybody should see it. It's a movie starring Peter Berg from... It's directed by John Dahl, I believe, from... A long time ago, in the 90s. 90s, yeah. Uh, Linda Florentino and Peter Berg. Um, it's a really fantastic kind of film noir, kind of weird 
uh, twist-in-the-tail kind of thriller. A very late 80s type of movie. Yeah, it's really good. I, I just love the actual story. And it has a really good kind of twisty kind of feel to it. So yeah, that's The Last Seduction. I don't know where you can see it. I don't know if it's on Netflix or on DVD. It's not on Blu-ray, I know that, because I keep an eye out for it, but it's not. So I don't know where you can see it, but you should see it. And my other one is Armageddon, because if you watch Armageddon and Battleship next to each other, it'd be like watching a continuation. If you liked one, you you might like the other. I think you would. I I I like one, and the other is... Like I say, it feels like it just on sea. Yeah, it's just the it's the blue version of Armageddon, whereas that... Armageddon's the black version. What? Space. Sea. Oh, right. I get it. And my recommendations are Skyline, which, as we mentioned, isn't fantastic, but it's an alien movie with a different kind of a thing, and it's not. Like you said, it's not got great acting or anything like that, but the special effects are awesome. The aliens are cool. You are you feel in peril. The, the Earth is fucked, basically, and that's what I like about that one. The best thing about it and is... It comes out of the blue. You you have no explanations. No. You have nothing going on. It was re- They didn't spend much money making that movie. It was like one of those mm-hmm. uh, $10 million or something, like really low budget. But it doesn't look like a low budget no, movie no. at all. And B, my second favorite thing about the film is the ending. Right. We'll just leave it at that. I don't like to say things about the endings, but... And my other one is Real Men, which is John Ritter, rest in, rest in, rest in peace, and Jim Belushi in a comedy about aliens, and then there's just sort of like hapless coming of age for middle-aging men and all kinds of stuff. But it's, re- it's got its charm, but it's kind of cheesy. Yeah. But yeah, I like it. I, was gonna, I always like. I probably saw it twenty times on HBO in the day. For the movie memory one two three, I was going to say also say Men in Black because some of those aliens, yep, exactly. Were, some of them were bad, but some of them weren't. Were exactly. They? We're just here. Yeah, a mixture. Yeah. All right. So um, games and a scully stuff this week. I've been playing uh, one game all week. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I've actually got two games in the pipeline, but I've just been playing one, and it's called Sleeping Dogs. And I mentioned it last week, and now I am. Um, 37 hours on the game clock I don't want it to end I keep putting off the missions and just doing the other stuff because it's going to come to an end and I can feel it a fantastic out of the blue I I love these type of things because I knew it was coming Sleeping Dogs but I didn't really keep up on the hype or the watching the trailers or listening to any interviews or anything all I knew was it was like a GTA kind of game in Hong Kong open world and I thought, well, I'm going to like that, because they're the kind of games I like. Well, it is fantastic. I can't... The story's good. It's like a... If you've ever seen, like, The Departed, or anything with, like, undercover... Like... Deep cover? Yeah, where you go on deep cover, and then you're, then you're questioning your loyalty. Is it for the police, or is it... Have I actually bonded with these bad people? Like, are, they're not, are they not so bad? Who's right here? It plays with that, you know? So, like, you are an undercover cop in the game. But you're so undercover. You're in deep cover. It's deep that, cover being a movie with it, Lawrence Fishburne and the tall guy. Jeffrey Goldblum. Yeah, it gets to the point where you, when the cops are saying, okay, your job's done, you can come in now, you question whether you want to. Right, right. 
but not because you want to be a bad horrible person because you've seen behind the scenes and maybe this isn't what it seems from the other side so the story's really good the game's really good you've seen the game you know what it looks mm-hmm. like it's good graphics are really good it's got a really good fighting system if you like kung fu the emphasis is not on guns guns are illegal in Hong Kong so I hear lots of shooting yeah very rarely <laughs> there's like the first 15 hours of the game you never hold a gun right because Do you get shot at no nothing there's no guns involved at about the 15 hour mark they give you a gun and say very clearly to you guns are not very easy to come by in Hong Kong you probably realise that by now but here is one and maybe you'll need one in the future and then when you get in with the triads obviously they do have guns but it's more kung fu than guns so you end up and it's not just press the button and do kung fu on guys it's a really deep fighting system where you've got to remember like a real fighting game like X, Y you know remember the combos it doesn't just show on the screen every time no it doesn't show you at all so you go to the dojo he learns you a move you have to commit that to memory and then your next fight you've got an extra move you keep getting these extra moves and eventually you've got this full repertoire of moves that you can it ends up like a real fighting game like a Tekken or you know you've got all these moves so most times, even if I have a gun, I put it away and like do the fighting because the fighting's more fun. So I've never played a game like this where the emphasis is not on guns. So that was a surprise. And secondly, there's like so much to do in the city. Sam Shepard, right? He doesn't use lots of guns. No, he always has a gun. I know, but he doesn't Silence have to. guns. Yeah, well, he'd rather choke people to Stealthy, death. Stealthy, yeah. yeah. And that's not Sam Shepard. That's um, <laughs> Sam Shepard. Who's Sam Shepard? He's an actor. He is, isn't he? <laughs> but it is... Splinter Cell. Yeah? Is he Sam Shepard? I thought it was. No. Maybe? (laughs) Maybe, maybe. Uh, Anyway, so it's got all kinds of stuff, including karaoke. You can go to a karaoke (laughs) bar and there's like a... Which brings lots of laughter when I'm down the hall in the bedroom watching TV and I hear the two of you laughing your head off. It's almost always because of karaoke. Because the songs are really bad. like. And he sings really bad. What's really funny is they got the voice actor who plays your main guy to sing these songs badly. one of them, I'm all out of love. Yeah. One of them's girls just want to have fun, which is really funny when he's singing it because he's this hard triad guy. Like, There's a... I Fought the Law by The Clash. Just really odd songs that he sings. <laughs> but they got the real voice actor to, to sing the songs. Just, he's not a singer. So they said to him, sing these songs as best as you possibly can. Not badly. Just sing them how you would try, if you were trying. And he sings them and he sounds like somebody who doesn't really sing, but he's singing in the shower. But then if you do bad, they kind of put a pitch on it so it sounds even worse. So, um, yeah, this karaoke, there's... When you do bad, what do you mean? You have to hit buttons while you sing? Yeah, it's like rock band. It's not hitting buttons, it's moving the stick in a direction. Ah. So it's like up, down, left, right. Well, not up, down, left, right, but there's a scale, like a musical scale. And bars come along and you have to push it to the right place when the right. bars come along. So, so it's there's like, some skill involved. It's like playing rock band. Yeah, it's quite hard, actually. So it's, it's kind of fun. You end up doing it for hours on end trying to get it right. Um, in fact, we tried for almost two hours on All Out of Love by Air Supply. <laughs> we played it over and over and over and over for two hours because we wanted to get 100%. Oh, that's right. We finally got 100% and you don't get anything for it. <laughs> so I might save you some time there. Um, and there's, like, cockfighting because it's Hong Kong. You can go and gamble on cockfighting. You can play mahjong with for money. You can uh, go to a massage parlor because there's lots of those. You can... 
there's loads of lockboxes to find all over the city, so you can go to hunt for those. Are they like statues or something? There are statues, and those are the things, once you collect the statues, you get a new move in the dojo. You take it back to the dojo, and he gives you a new move. There's um, lots of cars to, like Grand Theft Auto, you can steal cars and bring them back for this guy. involved. There's dates to go on with ladies. Oh yeah, the one you were doing parkour. Yeah. All over the city. Yeah. Chasing her around. One girl wanted to go on a date with me and then we went on a date and she wanted me to take photos of her in front of famous monuments. Weird date, but... And, uh, yeah, it's a really good game. I can highly recommend it. It's, um... I played the 360 version, but it's on the PS3 and the PC. I've heard the PC is the best version graphically. Sure. I mean, it looks good on the Xbox. But it looks good on the Xbox, yeah, it really does. Um... Yeah, it's really fun. There's some fun achievements to get. And the other game uh, is Darksiders 2, but I have not played it because of Sleeping Dogs. I've got it. It's sat there, ready to play. I haven't even popped it in. That'll be good, though, just to start in... When this... Like, I... My Star Trek Next Generation, I got to the end of it recently, and I was really depressed, because it's like the end of a... uh, The end of an era thing, you know? Yeah, there won't be no more. I mean, I just felt like, why didn't I go slower? Because those last few nights I was watching like four or five in a row. And what I did, I'm watching Mad Men. And right. um, I'm on season five, which is the latest season. <laughs> and I am on episode two of season five. And I could have watched it all by now, but I'm just like rationing it. Yep. <laughs> like, I'll watch one this week. I'll watch one next week. You know, I might... I'm going to start Voyager, though, because I think I'll like it, too. I like to... I feel bad because I'm watching Breaking Bad week to week now because I can't... I can't not watch it. It's so good, like... You want to save it? I want to, but I can't. Yeah. Like, Mad Men, because I discovered it later, but I've been following Breaking Bad for the last couple of seasons as it's aired. But it's so good, and you, we watched Breaking Bad the last weeks. I can't wait to see what happens this week. Like, as soon as I get it, I have to watch it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's uh, Sleeping Dogs and Darksiders 2 I will talk about next week. So, Sid Talk, what is for dinner tonight? Tonight we're going to have, like, an open face... I'm calling it gourmet-ish, but it's not gourmet ingredient or anything. Or, go- or gourmet-ish. Gourmet-ish. No, read that. I know, it's gourmet-ish. You say gourmet with All a right. T in there. Gourmet-ish, but I'm not using gourmet ingredients, but it's like open face, piece of what toast, are and nice creamy. Gourmet ingredients are Caviar. specialty things, I guess. I don't know. Truffle. Special. I'm just using white bread and vegetable cheese, and these aren't. Well, yes, that could be a gourmet ingredient. I don't know. But, um,. Like an open face grilled cheese with a side or topped with some mushrooms and roasted red pepper and onion. And I got some heirloom tomatoes, as you've pointed out many times, that they must be good because they're heirloom tomatoes. We're going to have some of them. And some fries, peas, corn, and I made rice pudding in the crock pot, which I used a UK crock pot recipe. But it's not the kind of rice pudding. I mean, it's exactly our kind of rice pudding. And I put, it's got sugar, rice, almond milk, vanilla... And that's it. And I put some almonds in just to, you know, for whatever. But your rice pudding... Ambrosia rice pudding out of a tin. Though you've had that because yeah. I've bought it before. That is identical it's to like what milky. my grandma made. It's like runny really milk. Really creamy kind of milky. It was not even creamy. Runny to milk. me it wasn't. Yeah, it was runny milk But it with tastes rice rich. It. Like, it's like a lot of... Right. And this tastes really rich and ricey and sweet. It's just not runny, but it's exactly our... And so it turned out really good for me. I'm going to have to put some cinnamon on it and stuff and maybe some strawberry jam. jam. But uh, in the future, I would say just won't cook it as long, even though it says to cook it five hours on high. I'm going to have to say, well, I'll cook it on two hours for high or something like that to keep it runny 
with just or maybe put half as much rice in it. That would also do it. But I used arborio that was rice, a lot of rice, which it asked for one cup, and it just half a cup would have done though. Yeah, for us definitely. Yeah, we don't need that much. I yeah. mean, it's like a well, I'll take it to work and stuff. It'll right. be fantastic, and it'll be the kind of thing. And then I made the almond tart over the week, and and that was so good. Wasn't that good? It gets really good when you put it in the fridge and you eat it. Because you have like a frangipan that I made, but it's vegan. So it had like almond milk, no eggs or anything like that. It was just Even milk. Then. And I made my own almond meal by buying almonds with the skin on. I soak them, peel each almond myself, grind it up in the spice grinder and get it really fine. Then I sift it, sift it, sift it to get all the fine grains. <laughs> Got some almond flavor. I mean, it's just, it was, and it put it in a regular pie crust. Oh my God, it just tastes so good. Was that pie crust you made? That? No, no. I'm not good at pie crust. Right. I might try again in the future, but for now, I just buy it. Um, and that's it. What's for dinner? And my advice is, because this past week at work, I had a really good conversation with my direct manager. Now, I work for the state government, so I don't know if I... I don't consider anyone my boss, to be quite honest with you. No one owns it. No one controls it overall. But he is my direct manager. He makes decisions that affect me. And then he also does my evaluations. Therefore, he is my direct boss person. I do what he tells me. But we know, we've had a few conversations. And we're very different politically or religiously. And yet, somehow, we end up having really good conversations where it's balanced. And it gives you a little insight into the person. And it's a, it's a, it's a bridge of a gap between you and your position, and he or her in their position, that just sticks in your memory. Like, in the future, after we've had a good conversation where both of us seem respectful and, and like, appreciating that the other has thoughtfully thought through, we were talking mostly about politics and stuff, then in the future, when I make a decision, or I do make some sort of judgment call, he has a little bit more insight, maybe, into how I think or process things. So I'm not just, like... The employee. A number. Yeah, I mean, where I work, you're not really a number. Well, in our specific situation, because we're, we've been pretty close, and then there's only, you know, I've been there 13 years, so, you know, accumulatively, you just get to know a person. But I worked, I worked nights for 12 of those years, so I didn't ever encounter him much until the last few months. But um, if you can, and I know that not everyone's, like, for example, his direct bosses, they're not the types of people that you sit down and have... That I can tell, anyway, from a distance. But if you can, I mean, it's a good idea. And we sort of did the taboo. We discussed politics, and we disagreed completely. And yet we were able to really respect each other's opinions. And I learned a couple things, and I think he learned a little bit different perspective on certain things. So I think if you can have a good conversation with maybe the person who's directly... If you have one of these charts, organizational charts, and everyone above you, quote-unquote, it never hurts to have a good, decent, human conversation with them that's not about work, and it's not about bitching about work, or bitching about other people, or what your goals are, or what they expect of you, but just separate all that and spend a few minutes, and it wasn't a long conversation, it was just a few minutes, and we were monitoring something else in the meantime where it's kind of this awkward silence because we're monitoring a network and a mainframe thing and all that stuff i work in a data center and so there's sort of this weird do we just stand here (laughs) push some buttons and look at each other or you just sort of kick up a conversation so if you can i recommend it talk with if you are a boss or supervisor 
do it the other way around. Have a conversation with people on your staff. And that's it. Might enrich your life a little bit. Good advice from you, Sid Talk. So, uh, thanks for listening to the show. I'll remind you about our website. It's acescully.com, sidtalk.com. You can catch me and you at acescully.com and just you at sidtalk.com. Um, yeah, I just put a picture of my frangipan. And I just went to your site and I did all the upgrading behind the scenes, actually. Birthday today. banner that I put my pictures on there of that that you I know, made for Miss Lily. You know, like your site magically updates itself behind the scenes. That's me. Don't even pay attention I to go in thanks. there and do that. <laughs> so, um, I want to mention our twitter and facebook you are my built-in tech support correct twitter and facebook xbox live you can catch us on youtube zoom marketplace for this podcast itunes music store if you've got an iphone or an ipad or an idog or an ipad or an i whatever everything with i um and you can catch the on the rss feed just go to ascoli.com click on the web podcast subscribe email feedback to me at ascoli.com don't email sid talk because you go in a spam folder automatically. Yep. You are all spam. And... You are not personally spam, but your email probably will go there. And stay classy, Mr. Peterberg. And if you get a chance, look up The Last Seduction. Because I know most of you haven't seen that movie. It's so obscure. Find it, watch it, enjoy it. Peterberg at his finest as an actor. Alright. You said stay classy? Correct. And I'm going to say... Think for yourself, because if you don't do it, someone will do it for you.